It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to our brand new podcast. I'm Chloe and it's great to have you out there listening. In today's episode, we are going through a roller coaster ride of the first 12 months of an e-commerce business, an e-commerce subscription business, in fact. There's lots of ideas and inspiration and kind of reassurance, I would guess, as well in this one too. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Without the sponsors, though, the podcast wouldn't be possible. So please do take a moment to check them out. This episode is brought to you by SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Save time and money no matter what you ship or mail with the SendPro Online software. Print shipping labels and stamps right from your desk and access discounted rates for as low as $4.99 per month. Try it free for 30 days and get a free £10 scale when you visit pb.com forward slash masterplan. That's pb.com slash masterplan. Subly makes running a subscription e-commerce business model like a pro dead easy. There's no need for multiple plugins and complex, awkward solutions. Subly is an e-commerce platform dedicated to solving and simplifying your complex subscription business model headaches, whilst giving your customers a pleasant experience. Subly have a powerful drag-and-drop website builder and templates, but if you prefer, you can even use Subly with your favourite website builder. Discover why fast-growing startups and even household brand names are turning to Subly by checking out their 14-day free trial. Just visit subly.co forward slash masterplan. That's S-U-B-B-L-Y dot C-O forward slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Brian Lewis is the founder and CEO at Finch. Finch is a subscription-based eco-friendly activewear brand that makes technical apparel designed for comfort and performance and everyday use. The business launched in early 2018 and it took them just six months to get to $300,000 in sales. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Hi, Chloe. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to finding out about your journey because, um, listeners, it's a really interesting one. Uh, <laughs> so I've just given the listeners like a super quick overview, but can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in e-commerce, please? Yeah, absolutely. So about two years ago, um, New York born, I moved out to California in the United States and um, when I come out here, I identify a whole new way of how people work. You know, New York is very, you know, financial lawyers working nine to five grinding, but I moved out to California and I've just, it opened my eyes to this whole e-commerce world from all these e-com brands from Apple, Google to uh, Zillow and a lot of big e-commerce like movement watches. And uh, I met up a lot of people and I got very intrigued by the business uh, and, and the growth that the market is having. So I decided to identify a trend. And that happened to be athleisure activewear, which is um, a very large market worldwide. Did some homework in that. And then uh, I got addicted to it before you know it, I had a business. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> so you managed to get that first business. So the, the business Finch, this was your first ever launch into the world of e-commerce, your first experience. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've always been around the space. So before this venture, I owned an experiential agency. And that what we do is we put together uh, campaigns on the ground, people campaigns for e-commerce brands. So I was always the guy where Red Bull would come to us. We'd put together, you know, Red Bull girls around the country or Starbucks or, or whatever. We were always the guys behind the scenes. 
So scaling e-commerce brands was always easy for us to pitch and understand. Um, and we just never had the actual platform to do it. So we, I first launched this brand almost out of a pitch almost. So three years ago, we pitched a client. It's actually quite a good story. Um, three years ago from actually this month, we pitched a client that owned a uh, clothing company for colleges. It happened to be similar to active wear, but not quite. And what they did is they sold, sold uh, branded college football and baseball apparel. And they wanted a way to sell more uh, clothing at the campuses to direct to consumer, direct to the uh, students and the, and, the, and the parents. So we went in there, we pitched them the idea of doing like a subscription box. It was like a monthly pride box of like your school pride. And uh, we pitched them an amount of money and whatever. And they said, no, they turned it down. Very old school guys. And um, I liked the idea so much that my team came up with. I'm like, oh, I like this guy. So I started researching it. And I've always liked the idea of recurring revenue. I mean, who doesn't? Uh, we always think it's very easy revenue. Um, so we always kept the idea in the back pocket. And we, you know, we, we went and spent time with my team to come up with a concept. And uh, they said no to it. And the idea was ours. And I stuck it in my back pocket and just let it simmer like any good business idea. And then when I came out to California from New York, then it really resonated like, wow, this active wear, this e-commerce game is a lot bigger than I thought it was. And that's when the business idea came about. And the first company we decided to launch, its name was called Fabcrate, which stood for a fabulous multi-crate of active wear. So that was actually the first name we launched with. Yeah. And then we moved into Finch uh, not too long ago as, as more of a brand representation. Okay, so that first brand, the Fab Crates, the one you got up to the three hundred thousand in just uh, six months. Correct. So you've got you've. Although we will come back to think about talk about Finch and and the reasons for the rebrand and everything. How did you do that? <laughs> Get it to three hundred thousand in just six months from a standing start. I want to say by accident, um, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was actually a lot of like late nights and analytics. No, it was actually quite funny. So originally, when I was going to launch a subscription business. I was trying to find a way to build a platform. And then when I launched, it wasn't very accessible to, for a clothing business, mind you, to launch a subscription-based business. It wasn't a popular model. Stitch Fix was just getting going. A lot of these bigger box companies were just starting to trend up. And there was nothing that existed. Um, so I'll never forget it. I reach out, I Google you know, search, and I find two companies. And I end up calling one of them. And one of them was called Subly. And um, I spoke to the founder, you know, luckily me. And uh, we started chit-chatting back and forth, and um, I liked everything I heard, um, but I didn't like it enough because stubborn me, I'm like, oh, you know, it's missing. It's not 100% of what I need. I was trying to be a perfectionist like any entrepreneur is when they first launch their brands. And, you know, he had the platform to scale the business, but I said no to it at first. So I hung up the phone with him. I went back, and I ended up hiring an agency, a, de a developer agency, to build us our platform custom my, well, custom from scratch on day one why i don't know why uh, it, so we had a target launch of i think it was march last year uh to launch the brand and we we spent with this agency ten thousand dollars and it helped us do our logo and you know we started putting the platform together and stuff and then before you know it the 10 grand was gone like they didn't build us anything the tech was broken there was holes in it I'm out of 10 grand, you know, obviously it's a big investment for just not even having sales yet. And then I was like, you know, I don't even like this anymore. I'm, I was butthurt about it. So I just sat in a corner pretty much for two weeks, three weeks. I'm like, all right, I'm going to put it in the corner again, but then, you know, I'm not going to touch it. And then I got on a phone with Stefan again, who owns Subly. And he starts yelling at me. He's like, Brian, I told you just to launch. What are you doing? Like, he's just yelling at me. He's like, 
like you have nothing to lose. Go validate your, his big thing is validate, right? Subly's thing is validate your business. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm being bougie. Why am I, why am I doing this? So I care less. I, you know, I, I reduced my needs to 80%. We built, build a bitching website. We launched this cool website. Um, we, you know, build out Stefan's platform, which took us a, a, a day to do, uh, you know, the sign up quiz, style quiz, so on and so forth for members to choose what they want in their box. And in a full weekend, we sign up for Subly, we launch our products, we already had our products in place. And then uh, we take out an Instagram ad. And before you know it, um, you know, we had our first sale and it just- Wow. So it was, I think it's interesting because so many people go through that same process you do. They want that perfection before launch. And it's like, well, you don't yet know what the customers think. How, How do you know what perfection is until you put it out there and start getting some feedback on it? Correct. I mean, that's- that's why I speak now to a lot of young entrepreneurs or even, you know, first entrepreneurs getting started is um, you got to let the market validate and execute, uh, tell you what they want. And I, that's the biggest lesson I've taken away from this launch of this business was I built this business purely up until Finch today on what the customers wanted. I always listen to the support emails, whether it's good or bad. I always ask the members for feedback. I'd always text our members. And I was always perfectionist. So we think in our mind, we know what the customer wants, but that wasn't the truth. Um, so launching just to validate was a very good lesson that I won't give him too much credit, but Stefan gave me to validate the business, you know, and, and, uh, and the website I thought was great at the time. When you look back at it, you're like, Whoa, what was, what was wrong there? But you know, Apple's first website, Amazon's first website, everybody had this great genius idea for their first website. And you look back at like, Oh my God, that was terrible. And so was it those Instagram ads that got you to the 300,000 or were there other marketing tactics you employed along the way? It was an interesting formula, actually. So, um, yeah, we were spending a lot of money and not converting. So for the first week, I was like, oh, my God, we're burning money, you know, 100 hours, 200 hours, 300 hours. And it just clicked once the ad kind of we optimized the ad and the content in it. But it was an equal combination of commenting, messaging, following um, really good content on our page. like we always hammered down amazing photos. Um, you know, we're in the active work clothing brand, and people, if they see it and they buy into the emotion of a photo, they're going to buy it. So we always doubled down on really good content. So it was a, it was a, it was a really a series of, um, like attacks that helped us kind of scale between Instagram advertising, messaging, commenting, uh, and overall good content that kind of got us to where we are today. Nice. And that that first business, you were, you built it on the Subly platform. Um, were there any kind of key additional tech pieces you bought into the mix there? Or was it just, let's just use what Subly's giving us and get on with it? Well, Subly was, Subly's strength, what attracted me to the platform was with the with the Activewear brand, We uh, it was kind of a curated experience where we needed to capture survey or details about what our members wanted. For example, in the yoga community, do they want, you know, capris? They want full leggings. Do they want crop tops? They want long sleeve. They want t-shirts, you know, their sizes. And we needed to capture a survey to deliver a curated experience every month to them. Um, you know, cause we were shipping them three pieces of activewear for $65 a month. Now, mind you, the margin is very tight there, but we, you know, we don't want returns. So somebody gave us a good platform to study those analytics and convert and optimize our, our, our checkout channel because subscriptions are not typically the same checkout as a regular e-commerce product would be a little bit different in terms of workflow. Um, but our biggest thing was we, a, a great tool that we integrated with Subly was Hotjar and Hotjar was an analytical platform. Cause when you first start off, 
you can only quantify with what you actually see and know. You can't, there's no theory in the startup, startup business. You can't theorize things. So we would always quantify through Google Analytics and Hotjar. And, and I remember, remember all my friends always make fun of me, like, you know, at nighttime, instead of watching TV, I would sit there for two hours and I'd watch website traffic on the website, where, what they click on and what they do. So I would be casting my screen with Hotjar and I'd just be staring at it and like writing notes. And the next day I'm redoing the website and the same thing over again until I see conversions jump and sales jump. And I did this for about a month, two months. And so I saw a really steady formula in place. Very nice. Yeah. I find a lot of people just put these tools in place on the website and never actually use them. And it's the, the real value comes from doing the hard work, isn't it? Putting the hours in and taking the results and making the improvements. That's the thing. I mean, when you start the, when you start a business, you have to go into it with a game plan for your personal life, your re- regular tasks and for your business. And I think the first thing I did when I launched the business is I canceled my cable bill. Um, any distractions at your home life, because when the startup, you work a lot from home, I had to get rid of. So by doing that, you're purely focused on the business and that's all you watch and learn and do because you have to eat, sleep and breathe it for the first, well, forever, but for the first three, four, five months, it's very crucial. Nice. And um, what does the team, what does the team look like now? Well, we first started, I bootstrapped. It was just me. Um, believe it or not, it was me, uh, a contracted photographer and my manufacturing warehouse, which was over here in California. And we made a lot of our goods in China just myself. Now the team is with a total of five people. Um, so I was lucky enough to hire a chief creative officer because in this e-commerce brand, you have to, uh, have your finger on the pulse in terms of content shooting. It's moving fast. It's all about the visual, isn't it? With the products you're selling. That's what it is. I mean, it's, it's e-commerce is who can brand and market better. Simple. I mean, everybody can offer the same t-shirt, but who can market and brand it better? That's ultimately what it comes down to. You can offer the best tech, technical T-shirt in the world with like 15 zippers and it charges your iPhone, but if you can't, uh, you can't market and brand it, you're not going to sell it. Um, so yes, the team is about five people, five six people now. I have a chief creative officer. I have a uh, I have a digital content coordinator who handles you know outreach, influencer marketing. Uh, we have an in-house photographer who shoots our studio shots, and then the rest of the team is basically purely focused on making the product, design the product. Uh, testing the product and then manufacturing the product because um, we're very much uh, we're performance and technical apparel. So you use our clothing to sweat, work out, do yoga, run. So a lot of our product has to be, has to fit well and has to wear well. So we, we do a lot of testing on the back end with our team there. Nice. And um, we've, we've mentioned a couple of times that there's been a rebrand and that you got to very high figures in the first six months and that now there's five in the team. So tell us about Finch and the decision to do the rebrand and the relaunch. Yep. So we officially launched the brand last April, February, and we were growing very fast. And up until about uh, October-ish, we're gearing up for our big Black Friday holiday push, holiday season. And a bigger competitor comes along and says, hey, your name is very similar to ours. Not going to mention the name, but we end up getting a cease and desist trademark letter in, a, in the mail. And young me, I'm like, you know, stubborn me, my ego's evolved. I'm like, no, I'm not changing the name. You know, we spent so much money buying the domain, so much money building up the, the advertising, the Instagram page. I think we just broke 11,000 followers at the time. Countless giveaways, blood, sweat, and tears. And then I ignore them. And then they, they send a serious letter to the, to the court. And I'm like, oh, so I phoned my lawyer back home. Like, what do I do? He's like, dude, they're doing a lot more money than you. 
think about this as everything happens for a reason. Um, re- just change the company's name. It's simple, dude. Just change it. And to me, it wasn't that simple because the name, it meant something for me because we were purely focused on subscription box. We were not a brand. We were a subscription box of activewear. So this is right around October. So we finally settled and they said we cannot advertise or do anything for 45 days. So that means that our busiest holiday season, we couldn't advertise. Even with the new brand? Even with the new brand. Oh, man. Yeah. So I have goods. Mind you, we're in the product. We're in the inventory game. So we have, I don't remember the many units. We have a lot of units on hand. Everything says Fabgrade on it. So I'm like, so I closed the business. We, we were just, we just broke in 300,000 in sales. The member base was growing so fast. And then this is when we hit the wall. And then because, because you're a member base, you have to keep, it's, you're only as good as your last box or your last piece of clothing, right? So we started losing members. The churn went like through the roof. People are canceling. We can't provide the service. We can't deliver products. Things are being shipped late. Spiral of a tornado wind. I just take it because I'm like, you know what? This is the first real hiccup I'm having with the, with the start with the business besides sales not growing fast enough in the first two months. I take some time, you know, uh, November and December, I take some time. And I'm like, you know, what are we doing here? I'm like, we're purely subscription box. Like, how do we do this better? So I started listening to the market. Now, right before I got that cease and desist letter, we decided to advertise worldwide. And a market that really caught my attention was Australia. And we, we, we dumped a small budget into advertising in Australia. And a lot of members starting saying to us saying, oh, that's so wasteful clothing every single month. And they started educating me on how bad clothing manufacturing is for the world. I didn't realize I was very naive. I was just talking to China, making clothing. I didn't look that much further into just pretty looking clothing that fit well and wore well. And then Australia is the, is the country that opened my eyes to it. And this is right before the rebrand is about to happen. So I went through all my customer support emails when I was doing the rebrand. I'm like, what am I going to call the name? What do people refer to us as? You know, what can we do better? What can we do differently? So this time around, I said, you know what? I'm going to come back very competitive against this other brand that sued us. As I'm going to launch a brand. I don't want to launch a subscription box. I want to launch a, a launch a brand like Nike, something that's going to be a movement and here to stay. So I went out and started building a team at this point. So I took whatever money they had left and I said, this, all right, this time around, I'm going to build a team around me. Because as an entrepreneur, when you have this negative stuff happening, nothing helps you grow and get through these tough times than having a team around you, an army. Um, so around December into January, I found a few people and I brought them in. I, you know, I, I gave this some equity to the company and took care of them. And um, we ended up rebranding the company and we came up with the name Finch and I'll get to why we came up to it in a second. But um, I just went to figure out a better way of making clothing, manufacturing clothing. But this time around, we wanted to come back to the world with a better, better mission statement and a better why. Uh, so we're not the same company with a different name. We're a new company, different name, new Y factor, new mission statement, new everything. And that's what we did. So we launched, we launched a new name in January. We still were not taking any sales yet because I wasn't sure how to make the clothing quite yet. I was like, oh my God, I just made a promise, but I don't know how to make, no, I don't know how to make so, it. So Brian, you went from the guy who wouldn't launch the first brand without being perfect in early 2018, just 2018, to being the guy who launched the brand not knowing how he was going to create the product in 2019. That's crazy growth in that time period. That's that's mental. Yeah, we're just burning money at this point. So I'm like, oh, we have money, but burning it. <laughs> you know, it's like my little playground. I'm playing with toys again. Um, 
but yeah, so January burning money, figuring out how to make it, talking to China late nights. And um, February is when we hit it big. And we, um, we figure out a way to make activewear from recycled fishnets and recycled plastic water bottles. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So we, a lot, a lot of engineering, a lot of back and forth. And before you know it, we're like, wow, we have a pair of leggings that's made from garbage. Like when you say it like that, you're like, that's kind of weird. Is it soft and stuff like that? So yeah, we figured out a way in February. We launched it. We, uh, we started taking pre-orders. Um, we still had our members on the back ends that we were communicating with that were shipping them product and stuff on the back end. But the, the, the members have already reduced down to a very um, minimal amount of um, production that we needed. Um, and then we're gearing up for our bigger push uh, this upcoming month. Uh, we're going to be reopening the brand to all new signups uh, with the whole new line of clothing and the relaunch of everything. Nice. And I guess this time you've got all that knowledge from the first time around of how to how to get those new subscribers on quickly, plus one, one awesome list they're ready to be used too. Exactly. I mean, this time around, we went out, we got an investor. Uh, so during this quiet time, we managed to raise some money, um, you know, because we proved the concept in the past already. Um, re-engineer our subscription. So instead of doing production every single month, we, we changed our subscription to be quarterly every three months. Um, but we increased our price of the subscription to make, because we're making better clothing now for a better cause. Um, so we're launching with a new subscription model every three months, not every month. And we're going to be a full e-com brand with a subscription uh, offering as well. Oh, so people can just come on and buy a pair of leggings. And that brings us, yeah, it brings you back to what I said earlier was like, listen to your customer base. Our customers liked our product so much, they wanted to buy more of it. And I was like, um, I don't have it. I can't sell you more. So, and that was almost every member. I love your clothing. I don't want this piece. Can I buy more pieces? But I want this, want that. So just having that, we were always selling the invisible. So if we can sell somebody that comes to our website on not seeing the product, that means we can convert even higher if they see the product and a subscription. So we purely built this Finch business model on what our members wanted over the six months of being in the business of subscription base. Got you. So it's very much a case of listen to the customers, build what they want. And uh, hopefully over the next couple of months, you're going to prove just how successful that can be. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so given the kind of the roller coaster of a year you've just had, I know we've, we've got listeners out there who's, who see the kind of like the golden orb, the, the bright opportunity that is subscription. What would your advice be to those who are, you know, either just in the process of starting out or have maybe made, made their first six months, what would your, your advice having been through what you've been through be? You know, the first thing is you need to make sure the market you're going to is big enough. Um, if not, you have to make sure you have enough money to educate them on it. Um, that's the first thing I knew coming into the market that the active business to $50 billion, you know, pretty much in the North, North America. So I knew the market was there and it was big like providers doing this. So I think first test your market before you become naive. Um, that's number one. But if you're already in the group for six months and you're into it, honestly, I, I, I think the best advice I can say is get out there and meet as much people as possible. With an e-com brand, we hide behind computers. But where I really started growing the brand and learning is getting out there and meeting people and talking about the brands, whether it be investors, whether it be people at a coffee shop. I think that's the number one thing that we forget is e-com brands forget to be a real brand, like you know, in person, offline. And that's really how you build a brand. Because word of mouth is the most powerful way of building any brand that everybody forgets about. So get out there, shake hands, and you'll be able to meet influencers, meet people that own tech companies. For example, Stefan, 
if I didn't go to meet Stefan at Subway in California, he wouldn't have told me to launch. I wouldn't have probably launched. He wouldn't have educated me on certain things that I know. But that conversation wouldn't have happened organically like that over the phone because it would have been a professional conversation rather than, you know, more of a casual conversation. So I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing is make sure you quantify everything you do. You have to make sure you have analytics and data to prove everything. So if you launch an advertising uh, campaign, why is it not working? Well, to, to back that, make sure you have website traffic to back that, you know, and, and, and then just have analytics to prove your results. And the third thing is you have to make sure that it, it, your branding and marketing is amazing. You know, as an e-com brand, your retail store is your website. Your, your everything is your product imagery. So you need to double down and spend the money on good photographers good models, if it's not, if it's not a model-based thing, good product shots, but your branding, your logo, your presentation, the fonts, your coloring, you need to spend time on that because if you don't, you're not going to survive because that's nowadays people are buying into that and they want to, they want to trust the brands. So I think those are the three main things I'd focus on your first six months is get out there, meet people, um, make sure you quantify everything through analytics and then uh, make sure your branding's on point. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Don't waste any more time waiting in line to send mail and packages. With SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes, you can send packages and mail without leaving your office for as low as $4.99 per month. And because you're an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started, plus a free £10 scale shipped right to your door to help you accurately weigh your packages. Save time and money no matter what you send with this new offer for SendPro Online. Starting at only $4.99 per month. You can print shipping labels and stamps from your own printer, easily compare rates using the online software, gain access to special USPS savings for letters and priority mail shipping, plus track all of your shipments and get email notifications when they have arrived. Go to pb.com forward slash master plan to access this special offer. Get a free 30-day trial and a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash master plan. Experience the better way to ship with a free trial of Send Pro Online from Pitney Bowes. Don't let churn or a shoehorn tech solution hold you back from growing your subscription model. Subly is committed to your subscription success by providing you with the tools to let you do your job and focus on growth and marketing. Regardless if you're a one-person band, startup or large brand, this tried and tested subscription e-commerce platform takes away your tech headaches. Subly's five-star rated service has an incredibly helpful support team ready to assist you when you join their 14-day free trial. Check them out at subly.co forward slash masterplan. That's S-U-B-B-L-Y dot C-O forward slash masterplan. It's time for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Brian, are you ready to share some more awesome pieces of advice as we do the top tips round? Let's do it. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? The Dip by Seth Godin. It is the best book in the world. So it was given to me as a dip phase for me. So basically what it was is... um, the exciting part of any business is building it. When you use your left brain, left side of your brain, you're, doing, you're creating things. You're very positive and optimistic. You're like, oh my God, sales are going to come in. This video is going to convert a million dollars in sales. And I made the best sports bar in the world. And then all of a sudden, the dip happens and it, you, then it, nothing happens. You get no results. So you created something beautiful and then not, no outcome. And then you, get, you go through a depression state. 
you just mentally don't know how to handle it. And after I read that book, I'm like, oh, makes sense. I'm going through a dip right now. And I was able to, to bunker home my dip. This dip happened to be I had to change the brand name. Um, but I recommend it. Great book, 75 pages long, maybe 100 pages long. Get on Amazon, The Dip by Seth Godin. It is definitely uh, a good one. And it's definitely one of those things which when you... It, it, when you're in the slough of despond or the dip or whatever, you do need sometimes just someone to say, you're in the dip? Oh, I feel so much better about it now. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a term amongst me, my friends. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like you realize, the second you realise, like, oh, okay, it'll be over soon. We'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brian, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I think the best... For the best is going to be Instagram, 100% Instagram, and Instagram advertising, Instagram posts. I would definitely do some read some blog articles on on that around your industry and your time zone. But I think the second thing is that's very hot and heavy that the press should not be boosting up as much is influencer marketing. I think it's a great channel if done right, but I think the results are not one for one. You don't just have somebody post a product and get sales. And I think it's overhyped. I think it's a great market still, but there's still it's still black magic to me. Uh, there's nothing way there's no quant, way to quantify the market. So I think number one is double down on Instagram. I think it's very cheap advertising right now. I think it's a great way to get your brand out quickly and, and improve your concept, validate. And I think number two is going to be uh, don't believe all the hype on it on, on influencers. Cool. Okay, the tool top tip: maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool that you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? We the the best tool that I've used so thus far is um, Front App. Front is a shared team inbox. So since we're very transparent, we're a small company. We do a lot of emails are sent back and forth in the company, and this allows us to. Message, comment, text, customer support, everything in one one platform. So I would like to say for collaborating uh, on a customer or production side of things, I would like, you know, front app is 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 amazing. And then from an internal standpoint, uh, we use Slack. Um, it's simple, it's quick, it's it's it, it's it's on your phone, it's on your computer. So those are the main two tools we use for that. Cool. And now the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I think the number one thing for growing, make sure you have $20,000 set aside. I think with e-commerce brands, I hate to bring up the numbers, you need to have that money to invest into the product, whether it be uh, have inventory in hand or dump into marketing. But $20,000 seems to be the magic number to get you from that 100 to 1,000 or 1,000 to 5,000, that number seems to quantify that five to one return on investment. Very nice. I like that. Some good analytics in there too. Uh, Okay, Brian, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and Finch on the web and social media, please? Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram, LinkedIn, Brian Lewis, um, Instagram, Brian Lewis with two E's, L-E-W-I-S. Um, and then Finch, I'm usually mostly on there. I don't post much on social. I'm always on the Finch page. So it's at where Finch, W E A R Finch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Um, message us, follow us and, um, you know, let us know what you think. And I'm always available to, uh, connect with, you know, like-minded entrepreneurs and like to share ideas. 
Awesome. Thank you very much, Brian. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. I find that what you've done in the first year of, uh, of the business is kind of mental. Uh, so uh, so it'll be very interesting to see how things go over the next couple of years for you. I wish you all the best and thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing so much, so many great tips and pieces of advice with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Chloe, thanks for having me and thank you so much for your time. I appreciate what you're doing. So I, for one, am fascinated to see where Brian takes Finch over the coming months and years. Such an interesting story there and such um, bravery in many ways to just go again after that cease and desist, after, you know, just at the point where you get the old flywheel going and the, the subscribers coming on board and it's all going really well to get that and to then decide, actually, we're not going to completely throw this in the bin. We're going to come back better, stronger, having put in place, you know, taking advantage of all, we, all we've learned and then making sure we're actually building something that's better for the planet and better fits our values and, and everything else as well. It's a fascinating story. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've got some great tips from there. I'm sure you have. Um, and I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. For now, though, please do spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your colleagues, get them listening, because hopefully they can get some inspiration and some ideas from this show as well, because that's why we make it to help you get the inspiration, get the ideas you need to grow your e-commerce business. For now, though, keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.